Today's uh, this week's parsha is Achremot. That means after the death of, referring to after the death of Nadav and Abihu. And this parsha is divided into three chapters: Leviticus 16, 17, and 18. Adonai gives careful instructions in Leviticus 16. Uh, to Aaron as to how to approach the holiest place during Yom Kippur so that he doesn't die. And first, uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron has to uh, be dressed appropriately. He has to make a bull sacrifice for himself and his family. And then he has to take two male goats, one to sacrifice to the Lord and one that will be sent out into the wilderness. Um, and the one that he sends out into the wilderness, Aaron has to place his two hands on and uh, confess the sins of Israel, and a designated person would escort the, the goat into the wilderness. And the, the goat would carry the invisible but weighty sins of the entire nations. Together, the two goats make one sacrifice. And in the next chapter, Leviticus 17, uh, describes what is an acceptable sacrifice. And uh, it says, t talks about sacrifice animals have to be sacrificed only in the tent of meeting. It is not just unacceptable. Uh, it's actually worthy of being punished by excommunication if you sacrifice elsewhere. Um, in the same chapter, the Israelites are instructed not to eat the blood of animals because the life is in the blood and it is the life that is put on, it is the blood on the altar, it is the blood that makes atonement. And then in the, in the third chapter, in Leviticus 18, we read that Israelites were neither to mimic the Egyptians of their past, and neither the Egyptians nor the Canaanites of their future. And it, particularly in the areas they were not to imitate them was in child sacrifice, in deviant sexual relations, which included incest, um, uh, having sex with a woman who was in menstruation, uh, bestiality, homosexuality, and adultery. And the land itself would be defiled uh, by such acts. And it's very graphic, actually. It says it'll vomit the people out, meaning they would be exiled for such sins. Now, I want to go back to the two-goat sins, I mean, two-goat sacrifice, <laughs> not sins at all, um, because that's what I'm going to be reading today. And this, this two-goat sacrifice is unique in the Torah. There are you know, different burnt sacrifices during the year that are offered. But here, the second living goat is actually a unique feature. The priest places his two hands on the goat. He confesses. He verbalizes. He brings out in the open all the sins of Israel. And this goat serves as a powerful symbol of shame associated with sin being carried away. I think uh, shame itself is probably appropriate response during res uh, repentance. But here in the sacrifice of the two goats, the shame is actually an illegitimate one that people might hold after they were forgiven, after the sin has been um, dealt with. I think God saw at that time, as well as in the future, that there would be people who would continue to carry shame within them. And where does shame come from? Shame is generally the result of a shortcoming or a failure or a sin that has been exposed and everybody else knows about it now. An accusation is brought and people now know about it. In the Bible, hasatan, in English we say Satan or devil, but the word hasatan means the accuser, meaning that is 
very uh, central to his identity is that he accuses. He accuses despite contrary evidence. He accuses in order to shame. For example, in the Tanakh, there is uh, two instances that I can think of. Um, in, in Job, the accuser comes before God and he accuses righteous Job. And then in Zechariah 3, um, Zechariah has a vision and he sees the accuser accusing Joshua, uh, Kohen Gadol, and Adonai rebukes Hasatan. When we get to the Messianic writings, Yeshua fulfills the full sacrifice of Yom Kippur. He fulfills both of the goats. It happens on two opposite ends of his ministry, the beginning and the end. I think many of us in this room probably recognize Yeshua's death and resurrection as the atoning, the perfect sacrifice by shedding blood on our behalf. But I want to suggest that the live goat sacrifice was also fulfilled by Yeshua at the beginning of his earthly ministry. Immediately after his mikvah, he fasts for 40 days and he goes into the wilderness and he's tempted by Hasatan. And Hasatan's uh, temptations, uh, there's three of them, and they're grounded on the accusation that Yeshua is an imposter, that he is not really Ben Elohim, he's not really the Son of God. He, he, the temptations begin with, if you are the Son of God. Yeshua resists Hatatan and wins the victory over the false accusation, and his victory is both his and ours, and he really fulfills that goat, uh, because the goat in Leviticus 16 presumably walks into the wilderness and dies, whereas Yeshua comes back alive, victorious, on our behalf. Um, it launches, the victory actually it launches his ministry, his earthly ministry, and it launches his many victories over Hasatan in healings, in casting out evil spirits during his earthly ministry. Now, we as people uh, continue to feel the effects, however, of the accuser. And I think we will really see the final and complete victory over the accuser, Hasatan, in the future. At the end of the Bible, in Revelation 12.10, it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now have come salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of brothers and sister, sisters. The one who accuses them before our God day and night has been thrown out. What God started in the Torah on behalf of God's people Israel, and then he continued through Israel's Messiah, Yeshua, and for all those of us, both Jews and Gentiles, who have placed our faith in Israel's Messiah, will be completed and perfected in the future. Please follow along in your blue sheet as I read Leviticus 16, 7 to 10. 